You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, The Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. For this follow-up to our October 2019 episode on art house horror, John Lobinger of the Film Baby Film Podcast joins me again for a conversation about art house horror on other streaming services. Stay with us. The 25th Frame, a listener-supported network celebrating film and culture worldwide. Also available on the 25th Frame, The Complete, hosted by Matthew Gasteyer and Travis Trudell, covering the filmographies of the world's most renowned directors one season at a time. The Complete is dedicated to taking chronological journeys through the most rewarding filmographies in cinema. Each season covers one director, with each episode focusing on one feature film from their catalog. The first season was dedicated to Stanley Kubrick, while the second season covered Elaine May. The current third season is focused on Krzysztof Kieślowski, the Polish director most famous for the Decalogue and the Three Colors trilogy. Hello and welcome to our October bonus episode of the Criterion Channel Surfing Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck, and I'm joined today by John Lobinger of the Film Baby Film Podcast. John, thanks for continuing this conversation on Art House Horror. Yeah, absolutely. When I heard you talking about how you're going to do some bonus content, I was like, oh man, I want to be on the bonus content. And here I am. That's right. So... <laughs> For these bonus episodes, we're going to talk about a few films that are on other streaming services besides the Criterion channel, and we're going to talk about films that fit into the month's theme. John and I already talked about some of the Criterion channel's art house horror films on the main episode, so let's dive into some art house horror films that we've seen recently on other streaming services. I think I'd like to just take one second just to talk a little bit about the landscape of art house film streaming. Yeah. Obviously, we mentioned some films that you can see on the Criterion channel. I don't know that the Criterion channel is necessarily like ground zero for art house horror, but we definitely have plenty other options. I don't know who does the programming over at Amazon Prime, but they clearly have a soft spot for horror. Yes. Particularly giallo and Italian horror. I mean, they just really cover the gamut of all the things you'd want to watch from Italian horror. The last time I checked a lot of Mario Bava, they had some Argento and just a whole lot of stuff there. But then they also do a great job with 80s horror and even plenty of contemporary horror. Shudder is another service that's just primarily a horror film service. Obviously, they have plenty of great films, and I think I'm going to talk about some of them here. Before I mention my first film, I also want to say that there are some other great films out there that I want to recommend. <laughs> Shudder has a great little selection. It's a niche service, so it's not necessarily that they have thousands and thousands of movies in their catalog, but what they do have, a lot of it is really great. They have Mandy, which I've enjoyed a ton and have watched over and over again. It's endlessly rewatchable for me, the Nicolas Cage heavy metal horror film. And then you have Revenge. It's just an exercise in film color and metaphor in horror, and that's a really exciting movie to check out. It is a rape-revenge movie, so if that's the sort of thing that you're not comfortable with, you probably want to avoid that, but otherwise it's one of my favorite films over the last few years I've seen in the theater. Then, obviously, you can't mention art house horror. You can't mention really horror at all without mentioning Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is streaming on Shudder, so you can always check that out. 
For fans of the Criterion Channel and Criterion horror movies, you have House. And so there's a Russian equivalent, (laughs) like a zany sort of far out, almost trippy horror film called V. That movie is also available on Shudder. And so you can check that out there. And one of my favorite movies on Amazon Prime that I'm not going to be discussing, but definitely worth checking out is Annihilation, the Natalie Portman adaptation of the Area X novels. Yeah. Thanks for giving that little reminder that Amazon Prime has so many really classic horror films, especially the Giallo. I remember every time I think about trying to watch a Giallo, I just go to Amazon and there it is. It's a really great resource for people that are looking to maybe expand their horror horizons a little bit. John, why don't you start us off with your first film? The first one I want to discuss should be no surprise to anybody that's really into 80s horror. I'm not saying I'm discovering this movie or anything like that, but when I saw that it was streaming for free on Amazon Prime, I immediately watched it, and that is the 1984 subterranean horror classic, Chud. Subterranean horror is something I'm just realizing that I'm into. I I didn't realize that I was continuing to watch all these movies that had, whether it was fantastical depictions of like subclass or subterranean worlds, or whether it was that they were making a horror or a psychological thriller based off of that divide between the lower and the upper class. You know, I think we go all the way back to Metropolis and like some of the birth of genre film has this trope and I just find it endlessly rewarding and I keep on seeing movies like this, whether it's a movie as bad as Street Track or whether it's some of the more contemporary horror films or even, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but even some of the really successful movies at Cannes Film Festival Mm. lately play around with this trope. So Chud just does it for me. It's really talkative at the beginning. I think people have remarked the movie kind of falls apart a little bit once the monsters (laughs) are revealed, but I just found it to be such great fun. And again, having just moved to New York City, this is certainly a film that revels in the fact that it's being filmed on location in Manhattan. Just a whole lot of rewarding stuff here. My girlfriend can't watch an entire horror movie, but she did pick up little clips from this film, and she immediately said, wait a second, those are the guys from Home Alone. (laughs) So, you know, to some extent, maybe it serves as a prequel. I don't know. I'm sure most people have already heard of this film and have already developed an opinion on it, but this is my first time watching it, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. And if it's been a while, I think it's well worth the revisit. Nice. This is one that I have not seen, and so maybe I'll have to dive into that subterranean world of Chud this Halloween and see what all the the fuss is about here. And I do like this idea of a uh, Home Alone expanded universe. I think that sounds like a great possibility here. (laughs) So my first film is maybe not completely horror, but I think that this is a film that definitely would be a great film to watch during the October Halloween months. And that is the documentary from this year by Penny Lane called Hail Satan. It's available on Hulu. Uh, You can also rent it and purchase it on your favorite streaming provider. It's a documentary that looks at the Satanic Temple's efforts to push back against the growing religious fundamentalism that is trying to encroach on American civil life. And the members of the Satanic Temple are almost all uniformly atheists and really are pushing for the separation of church and state, and they do that through an activist religion. Director Penny Lane really explores, well, what is a religion and what constitutes a set of beliefs? I think she is one of the great documentarians right now. She is really masterful at weaving in archival footage and using that to help tell her story. And the film itself is a really pointed commentary on religious intolerance. 
as a person who works for a religious organization and who is a person of faith, I do have to say that I still found this to be an extremely moving at times and really powerful look at the ways in which the dominant religious group can bully and can overpower people who don't have the same beliefs. And so I would highly recommend anyone check this out. So I've been a little bit nervous about checking this out. I have some weird hang up about documentaries that feel like I see the didacticism, like I see the argument they're going to make on the face of it. But this is a topic that's so near and dear to my heart, having had such positive interactions with so many people of faith. But yet at the same time, I've seen both some of the people in my life have their lives really negatively impacted by religious fundamentalism, as well as I read the paper. Yeah. And so that also haunts me quite a bit. You know, forget even America. Look at some of the places, for instance, where the Catholic Church is expanding and they're having issues with LGBT and, you know, just constantly thinking about it. I think I would love to see this particular perspective on it, seeing people that are really trying to push the envelope in order to get the point across that faith doesn't only have one book cover. Yeah, yeah, that's great. John, tell me a little bit about your next movie. This one sounds really fascinating. So Wake and Fright, I don't know how many people have seen this movie, how many people haven't. I think I just assume that because it's so great that it's one of those movies that a lot of people have seen and just haven't spoken about it to me. It's just a phenomenal film. I got introduced to this by The Curb, which is run by Andrew Pierce. And that's an Australian website. And Andrew does Oscust, which is watching a lot of Australian films Mm. in the month of August and introduced this movie to me. And it immediately just took my breath away. It is, again, one of those movies that it might be considered cheating to call this a horror film. For me, it is definitely horror. A big part of the movie is a guy gets trapped in this purgatory land called the Yabba. I think the full name is the Boondin Yabba. He's only supposed to do a short layover, and he just drinks a lot, gambles a lot. Things just keep on getting worse and worse, and every single morning he wakes up in fright, and he just can't get himself out of this situation. There's a ton of drinking in this movie, and that's something I dealt with for a good portion of my life, and so it feels like horror to me, mm, <laughs> because yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've spent so many mornings where I woke in fright, where I'm like, oh no, I did it again. Mm. So I found that particularly powerful, but even if you've never been kissed by that particular demon, like this movie just has so much going for it. It's beautifully filmed. It's an Australian film set in the outback, a mining town, and just filled with so much like menacing machismo. It's a bit surreal. And yeah, it's just a wonderful adventure that I would recommend to anybody. Again, however, I do have to make the caveat that this movie has like the trigger warning of trigger Mm. warnings, in particular that it has really graphic animal violence that is documentary in nature. I won't say anything more than that, but if you can do it, this is a movie that everybody that watches it, you know, it's like a permanent part of their movie watching history after they've seen it. Yeah. So I cannot recommend this movie enough. That sounds absolutely fascinating. And I do love those films that are horror that kind of skirt the edges of horror. The situation itself is what's horrifying. I find those to be even more effective than anything with extra blood and gore. It's the films that just kind of really get under your skin. And so this sounds really, really fantastic. Thanks for this recommendation, John. Absolutely. Well, my final film for this is Isa Lopez's 2019 film, Tigers Are Not Afraid. It was actually made a few years ago, but is just getting released. It just had a, a short theatrical run and is now available on Shudder. I caught this at our local art house theater and missed it at last year's Seattle International Film Festival, and it was one of the ones I was most sad to have missed. 
I am so glad I got to see this, and I'm so glad that it's getting a wide release. It is a horror film really centered around the the violence of the drug wars in Mexico, and it's the story of children who are orphaned by that violence. It follows a young girl whose mother goes missing, and she's given three pieces of chalk by her teacher. Each one is going to give her a wish, and she wishes that her mother will come back, and she begins to see a ghost of her mother. And so we wonder whether her mother is dead or not, whether this is all in her head or not. She's the only one who can see these visions. She starts to see ghosts and spirits everywhere, and it becomes this moment of revenge, of, of surviving the violence of the gangs, but also the dead, the, the people who have been impacted by that violence, then coming back and getting their vengeance on those in power. I don't think the supernatural elements work all the time. I think that there are times when it's really, really effective, though, and it really gets under your skin, like Del Toro's Devil's Backbone. The horror points to some of the deeper issues in society and to the the deeper emotional spaces that the characters are in. And so I do think that this is a really moving film by the end. I was an absolute wreck at the end of it. I also think it's really important. It's really incredible to see a filmmaker from Mexico exploring what's going on. This is one of the great modern horror films. I think people should check this one out. It's pretty special. Yeah, this is top of my list for this month, and I'm definitely going to check it out. Just on a personal level, some of the most powerful nightmares I've had in adulthood have been about children at risk. I mean, even to the point of like children at risk in foreign countries and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's one of the things that's explored in film so much. Del Toro, obviously, with Pan's Labyrinth and Devil's Backbone, explores it a few times. But there are plenty of other movies, whether they're making war movies or whether they're making horror films. The idea that adults in our bickering and political differences and sometimes even like well-meaning confrontations and war, nonetheless, like it's the children, the weak, the poor that end up suffering for the mistakes of others. So the idea that this is distilled into another interesting horror film definitely has my interest peaked. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me for this, John. This has been fun. If you're looking to round out your Halloween viewing, we've got four more films for you to catch up with on other streaming services. That was Douglas Cheek's Chud, which is streaming on Amazon Prime and some other services right now. Penny Lane's Hail Satan on Hulu. Ted Kochiff's Wake in Fright on Shudder. And Isa Lopez's Tigers Are Not Afraid, also on Shudder. John, thank you again so much for joining me. This has been a really fun conversation. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Can you give your contact information? Of course. I'm the host of Film Baby Film, so you can get me on wherever you get your podcasts, so on Apple iTunes or Google Play or whatever, and then you can subscribe to my show, or you can make the better, wiser decision and subscribe to the 25th Frame Media main feed, and that way you'll get not only my shows, but you'll get all the other great shows on that service, including the show that you're listening to right now. So definitely check that out. Also available on Twitter if you want to reach me there, Film Baby Film. I'll admit primarily what I discuss there is just updating people on my podcast or the podcast that I'm listening to. Great, great. Film Baby Film is fantastic. And I'm really eager to check out your podcast with Marcus Penn on the Jake Gyllenhaal, Tony Gilroy collaborations. I think that'll be a fun one to listen to. Thanks again, John, for coming on. Excellent. Thank you. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at 25thframemedia.com or joshhornbeck.wordpress.com, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. 
If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at criterionchannelsurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. If you like Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out all of the other great shows on the 25th frame, especially Criterion Now, hosted by Aaron West, now approaching its 100th episode. Criterion Now is a fun, weekly podcast that covers news and rumors about the Criterion Collection and some of our other favorite boutique home media labels. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of the 25th Frame, a collective of cinephiles, pop culture aficionados, and creative minds whose goal is to contextualize the content we consume in an interesting, inclusive, informative, and culturally relevant way. The 25th Frame is listener-supported, so please consider donating to the network at patreon.com slash criterion now. You can also support Criterion Channel Surfing directly at patreon.com slash joshhornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. Next month on Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will discuss The Masters, films by some of the greatest filmmakers in the world that still haven't made their way to the Criterion Collection on DVD or Blu-ray. I hope you join us. Thanks for listening. The 25th Frame, a listener-supported network celebrating film and culture worldwide.